Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Today in Tech. I'm Julia Beauchamp, and I'm here with Computer World Executive Editor Ken Mingus, as well as Macworld Executive Editor Michael Simon. Topic of the day is Windows 11. There's The release happened just two days ago on Tuesday, if you're watching this on Thursday. And there's a lot that looks, um, there's a lot that's new. There's a lot that's also kind of the same. So I figured this would be a good time to talk about, um, you know, what it looks like. Maybe it looks a little bit like Mac OS and then also some Android app integration. Later in the show, um, we will also have Preston Grala join and we're going to be talking a little bit more about the enterprise play, some hardware security requirements and so on. So thank you both for, so much for calling in and joining me today. So I guess, like I said, Released on Tuesday, not a ton of people are using it necessarily. I know certainly um, IT teams are not immediately deploying it, but I want to talk. Not be. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk a little bit, um, I guess, about the the changes. So, Ken, do you mind if I throw to you and talk a little bit about um, what's new? And I mean, I know that we've this was kind of a surprise announcement when it happened a few months ago. Correct. Yeah. The thing about Windows 11 is that nobody expected Windows 11 until Microsoft uh, announced that it would be coming over the summer. And, you know, it is it is new and improved in the sense that it has a, a smoother look. The start menus in a different place, which is, you know, the, which we were alluding to earlier that it it kind of uh, in some ways mimics the dock on uh, in Mac OS. Um, but the, the thing about it is it's really more like a version of Windows 10 plus. You know, it could easily have been, I, I think Preston Grala, who, who we'll have on later in his review for Computer World, said this could easily have been released as 10.25 or 10.5, <laughs> because it really doesn't change a whole lot. You know, the, the, the big issue here that, that both individuals and companies have to consider are the hardware requirements, because Microsoft has made a big deal that, you know, it's bolstering security with this particular rollout. And I think that's why it decided it could actually make a jump from Windows 10 to Windows 11. Nobody wants to be told they gotta go out and buy a new PC for Windows 10, you know, the 2021 version. But if it's a new operating system, even just for marketing speak purposes, uh, you know, people are more likely to upgrade down the road. Uh, but as you said, it just rolled out on Tuesday. It's, a, it's gonna be a very slow rollout. Mm -hmm. Windows 10 is not going anywhere. Uh, I think support on Windows 10 ends in 2025. So there's basically a long exit ramp for people and companies that are looking to get off 10 and a very long entrance ramp for Windows 11. So uh, I think Preston's uh, basic uh, advice was, you know, it's a good solid operating system. It's, you know, worth upgrading when you want to upgrade, but you don't have to rush to do it. Uh, you know, one other thing I should point out that's new, quote unquote new, is the way Microsoft is trying to integrate Microsoft Teams. Mm -hmm. You know, given all that's gone on over the last 18 months with the pandemic and the, the fact that so many people are using their computers to collaborate with each other remotely, whether they're in the office talking to people at home or vice versa, or everybody's at home. Um, you know, Teams has seen a lot of uptake over the last year and a half, as a lot of collaboration apps have. And so what Microsoft has done is kind of put, you know, access to Teams more front and center you know, for users who are, who are going to be using the uh, Windows 11. So it's it seems to be a good solid operating system. It's, you know, it's got some tweaks and changes that'll make it useful. Uh, you don't have to upgrade right away, especially if you've got older hardware. You can wait until that hardware wears out in a couple of years and then upgrade. But uh, in the meantime, I, I do like the look of it. I mean, I, I haven't specifically used it. I'm, I'm more of a Mac guy. I haven't used Windows 11 yet. 
but based on all the you know the, the stuff that I've seen, it, it looks nice. I mean, Michael, what do you think? Does it does it? Oh. It looks very Mac OS. Yeah, like, I think you like it because it was literally made. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, from from what I read. There's like a couple thousand people using Windows 11 and they're all journalists. Yeah. <laughs> like every article I've read said, you know, don't upgrade right now. And to be fair to Microsoft, they made it real easy to not upgrade. They're not abandoning Windows 10 for a long time. The hardware requirements are relatively stringent right. as far as Windows are concerned. And, you know, there was a lot of backlash about that, rightfully so. But in my mind, Micro, this Windows 11 is for your new PC, not your existing one. And the way I see that is the, the people, buy, they want more people like us, I guess, or younger people, people who, who use iPhones, have maybe, maybe use the Mac, certainly an iPad, and want, are, are PC curious, we'll say. I would, we were just talking earlier, I just bought my son a, a, a desktop for Christmas. I bought it now because I hear that they're going to be hard to buy later. And he's, he's an iPad guy. You know, he knows Apple, mm -hmm. but he, but he, he watches YouTube and he sees he's, he, and he said, you know, dad, I, I, I want to play blah, blah game. And I, I would Google it be like, oh, you can't, you don't have a PC. And th this happened numerous times. So I finally said, all right, I'll, I'll look into it. So, you know, <laughs> much as I hate to admit it, I'm going to buy my son a, a, a we, Windows we, 11 We need machine. to stop. Are you sure Gabe doesn't watch these videos? <laughs> Are you giving away the game right now? The Christmas game? Come on, Santa. Yeah, he's not. Well, I mean, if he finds this, then I guess I did give it away. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Gabe. So much as Mr. Beast and things. I don't think, I don't think I'm popping up in that algorithm. <laughs> well, let me, let me ask you, Michael. Okay, so, so you know, as someone who's, who is buying or just bought a Dell, will that come with Windows yes. 11 or will it come with, it, it will. will come with 11. Okay. Yeah. okay. And based on, I mean, I don't know for certain how all this works, but because I'm a Mac person, but you know, on, on the Apple side, once the new operating system comes out, when you buy a new Mac, you get the newest OS. Right. And I, that seems to be the same thing with, with Windows. Like, as I was saying, I, Windows 11 is, it's very much Windows 10 with the new coat of paint. Mm -hmm. And one that people don't really like. Um, they changed. They changed things that people are used to. The start it's, menu. It's, it's not unlike the difference between like, well, it was more extreme. But from Mac OS nine and Mac OS ten, like Mac OS ten was for new Macs. Yes, you could upgrade your old one, and a lot of people did. But it was mainly for this is the way forward. This is the new OS. This is our new look. Our new platform you know is it was different because it was a massively different architecture it was beyond just look of course that was a complete re-architecture but the people who who were mac os um stalwarts yeah you know they were like well, what is this you know why is everything different why is it all uh blue and blah 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 yeah. and it, it's a similar type of thing you know people who know windows people who use windows day in day out they're up they're firing their their windows 11 um machine up and saying like well what the hell why is the start centered and why are there widgets and um, even the Teams thing you were talking about, that's FaceTime. Like it is very much Mac OS, but with the Windows, you know, the the, the Windows stuff. I That's the way I see it. Do you think that's intentional? Do you oh, think yeah, of course. <laughs> Absolutely well, intentional. No, I mean, well, I mean, yeah. I'd, I'd be surprised. I guess I don't think of 
Microsoft is taking a look at, at Apple's operating system and saying, we want to copy that. They they haven't done a lot of that in the past. Well, you can say. Well, I mean, I know that I know that they of. trade back and forth. And yeah. when some feature comes up, it shows up on the other. But OK, I, I mean, I, I really have not thought that that Windows, that Microsoft was specifically. Copying. I mean, listen, maybe I'm way off base, but there are several features that are pretty obviously lifted from Mac OS. Again, the taskbar center, that's a dock. We have widgets that are very similar. Teams integration is basically FaceTime, um, especially because it's desktops a consumer now have play. different backgrounds, and you know that's that's a Mac OS thing. Like we are very much in Mac OS um, in, in, in the Mac OS environment, and it runs Android apps too. Let's not, let's talk about that. Yeah, I do, do talk yeah. about that. I want to hear so that's that's, that's another. You know, obviously Microsoft doesn't have a mobile platform mm -hmm. so android's the thing and you it's it's not live yet but you'll be able to just like on chrome basically have access to the play store and download android apps onto your device now it's not going to be like catalyst in the sense that developers are not going to retool their android apps to work better on windows they're going to be android apps on your pc so they're not going to be optimized they're not going to be pretty they're not going to be, um, you know, like full screen, nice, all that stuff What's that you're used to. The rationale for doing that—that's what I haven't figured out yet. I, th I think the rationale is to is to create that ecosystem okay. that they don't have. Okay. You know, they've famously tried Windows Phone, failed miserably. They didn't do so well. With didn't that. do well at all. <laughs> no. And and that was it. You know, they completely missed that boat. That was that was yeah. Steve Steve Ballmer's era. He yep. laughed at the iPhone, didn't miss the boat completely. And by the time he got in his canoe and tried to catch up with it, it was long gone. And that was that. They just they, they just cut cut rank and left. I mean, they make an Android phone. The, yep. the Microsoft Duo, it's a, it's Android that is has Windows-y stuff in it. Like it runs, you know, it has the dual screen win, uh, Word and Excel and stuff. Like that. But it's, a, it's an Android phone. So Windows and Android are not, you know, an, an anathema to each other. They are, they are. Windows, Microsoft is understanding that the, you know, in 2021, that the future is mobile and they don't have that. They're just completely, you know, you can say, well, they have the Surface stuff and, you know, they have portable PCs. They don't have a phone. They don't have a phone platform. So Android, that's it. You know, they do integrate with iOS a bit as well. They have an app and stuff, mm -hmm. but Android is the one if they're going to really uh, build this ecosystem forward it's it's got to be android question here's here's one of the things you know what juliet you were talking earlier about some of the changes in windows 11. Mm -hmm. one of the things that's been sort of gradually happening even in windows 10 has been the the disappearance of cortana you know the, the right voice assistant that just never really worked very well and i mean even more so i think it was even more problematic in some ways than siri is and that's saying a lot uh, and I, you know, it's sort of surprising because it does seem like there is a lot of energy and development around voice as a UI. So to see Cortana kind of, you know, gradually disappear or become a shell of itself uh, with Windows 11, it sort of surprises me. Uh, do you do you see that the same way, Michael, or do you think that makes sense just to deprecate it? I don't even know. I mean, it's not even on the, by default in Windows 11. It's yeah. so strange that like. Siri, I don't know how many people are using Siri on their Mac, but it's I, there. 
Yeah. I don't, I don't either. I don't use it. Ever present if you want it. Right. It's there. Like it's good for, it's good for accessibility issues. You know, I mean, there's, there's, it it has its place and I still hold on to the the dream that one day Apple will make it better. But (laughs) Cortana, it wasn't bad. It was fine. She, she, it, whatever you want to call it, it was fine. But Windows 11 is just like, nope, like it's there, but we're going to have it off. And most people, let's face it, most people who buy a, a, a device don't dive into the settings to turn on things that aren't turned on by default. They use the defaults. Mm-hmm. That's why Safari is the biggest mobile browser and why you know Apple Maps, they, Apple decided to make its own Maps app because people use defaults. That's they just that they don't change things unless you're a you know you're a aficionado. And I don't think they're turning on Cortana either. Like it's just Apple, uh, Apple, uh, Microsoft just decided, I guess, that you know this isn't really working for us, and that's it. It's I my, I suspect in some future version of Windows 11 that it will be it'll be gone. I guess I don't. Well, know. I mean, a lot of it depends on on the back end, you know. And the the reason I ask about that, and Preston included this in the review he did on Windows 11 for us, talking about Cortana. He had done a story this summer about trying to get valid and correct COVID 19 and vaccine information. And when he would ask Cortana questions, it literally could not provide anything, you know, I mean, even the most basic information. And, he, and, and that of course ties into, you know, sort of the search engine that's behind the, the, the voice. Sure. And it was sort of surprising because, you know, I mean, I mean, uh, Microsoft has Bing, they should be able to do the most basic, basic things. Like I, I think one of the questions he asked was, he asked Cortana, does, you know, the, the vaccine put a microchip in me? And it was basically the response was, uh, I don't know the answer. It's like, you know, I mean, that's just kind of weird. So maybe it's a good thing that Cortana is being, you know, put in mothballs more or less. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's, you know, it really speaks to just how hard this stuff is and how easy, you know, Google and Amazon make it look. It's not, it's Mm -hmm. it's hard to build out this infrastructure. We call it AI. It's not AI. It's people behind the scenes pouring through this stuff and making sure that it understands what you're saying and, and, and learns from, from your conversation. Sure. But it's not pulling this stuff out of thin air. You know, you have to put in the resources and the effort and the energy to make sure that these things work. Right. I was wondering if we can touch a little bit more about, uh, touch on a little bit more um, the Android app integration. It's not available yet. Um, I think it's supposed to be available in the coming months, but I personally have never um, messed around with like with one of the Apple Silicon Macs and using any mobile apps on it have either of you tested that out what's that like yeah well it's different than this so i i haven't used windows 11 um android stuff well it's not out i don't know if it was out in the preview in the previews but uh, i've used it on chrome Mm -hmm. so the way it works on chrome os is you have the play store and you basically have access to whatever you want and Mm -hmm. it opens up a little window and and based on the um the images microsoft has it's similar okay so it's literally a floating window with an android app inside and it works in a layer on top of yeah okay so you can expand it full screen and it may or may not look good we don't know it depends on what the android app if it's it has a tablet uh size whatever it is Mm -hmm. on on mac you have to physically go in there and say, allow this on the Mac. The developers have to do some work or at least allow it. And even then, like it's, it's, a, it, it's, it's Mac-ified, so to speak. You, like you can kind of tell that it was designed for the iPhone. Like even, even on some of, some of Apple's apps, like you can kind of tell, 
but they're they feel and look and operate like apps. There's okay. different, yeah, yeah, there's different menus. There's you know there's different buttons. It doesn't look like an iPhone app on your Mac. So they're 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 quite different in that regard. Now there's drawbacks to that in the sense that the developer has to do work. So if they don't, you can't use it. Like you can't just go into the App Store, iOS App Store, and download whatever you want and and, and use it on your Mac. Also, iOS apps are designed for touch. That's right. And, and yeah. things on the desktop, you know, so obviously the way things work and how you navigate through them and access menus, et cetera, is going to be very different on a desktop. And, and all that stuff. And, you know, I've found on Chrome, some apps are just not viable. Like they just don't sure. work. Some of them crash. Like there's issues there because there's not really, um, uh, there's not really anyone that's policing this stuff. So it's for lack of a better word. So, you know, when anything goes, some things don't. <laughs> yeah. That is, um, yeah, that's good to know. I'm sure it'll be interesting once the Android app integration rolls out what that looks like. And I guess I'm kind of wondering, um, as we um, sort of transition here shortly for Preston to come on, I'm wondering what, like, sort of the big use case is for using a mobile app on like any sort of desktop or laptop system. I, I guess it's like, I mean, for a consumer, I can see it's nice. Like, you know, you can scroll through your Instagram, even though Instagram has a website or your TikTok, what have you. You'd you'd have to have something on mobile that you don't have on the desktop to make it make sense. Because if you're, and Michael, you know, correct me if I'm wrong again, but you know, porting a, a mobile app to the desktop is, is, is not necessarily uh, a way to get to the ideal experience, especially if the app is originally on the desktop, was developed for the desktop. And, you know, you've got some branch of it that was designed for mobile, and then you're bringing the mobile version back to the desktop. It's like, you know, desktop apps are going to work best and look best on the desktop, and mobile apps are going to be best on mobile, I think. Yeah, um, for sure. And like I said, I think it's just some call it desperation if you want to but it's just it's a they don't have that ecosystem and apple is killing it that's that's basically what made apple apple it started with the ipod apple doesn't sell a product they sell an ecosystem so you use the iphone you want to go to the mac you use the mac you want to check out the iphone they used to sell the ipod it only worked with the mac then they opened up the windows but it's still they, they used to call it the halo effect so you use one product and you want to use others and I think Microsoft's trying to kind of replicate that with Android and Windows. Because, okay. well, you know, I used Android for a while and it does not play nicely with Mac OS at all. You know, sure. they're, they're very separate worlds. There are some apps that sync and stuff, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's not as easy as the iPhone, Mac integration, iCloud Drive, all that stuff. So that's the logical use case is to make, is to try to get that system in place with OneDrive and the Microsoft apps and, and Office and the things that, that we know work on both, try to get that seamless. So if you're using a Galaxy S21, you're in the market for a new computer, new PC, maybe I'll check out Windows. Oh, I can I can put my app on there. Sure. You know, it's, it's that mm-hmm. mentality, I think. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, thank you both so much for chatting a little bit about Android app integration, you know, how it looks compared to how Windows 11 looks and feels compared to Mac OS. So 
Michael, it's been great to have you here. We're going to um, bring Preston Growlett in, contributing editor for Computer World. And we're just going to touch a little bit on, you know, his first impressions. He's had his hands on it. What it looks like, we do definitely want to talk about the hardware requirements and the security requirements, which can definitely be a little bit confusing. And also importantly, we will go over some of the... um, the rollout and also whether or not you should upgrade, which I know is kind of the kind of the million dollar question right now. Um, so Preston, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so glad you could be here. So like I said, you've had your hands on it. What do you think? You know, it's pretty good. Um, I was expecting more. Well, I wasn't expecting more because I've been following the development of it. I guess what I was expecting more of is a jump of a from 10 to 11. You would expect in a jump from 10 to 11 that you would get something really big, especially because it's been five years now. Mm-hmm. And in the past, when Microsoft has done five years between operating systems, it's like a completely new operating system, Windows 3.0 to Windows 95, for example. Mm-hmm. And um, I was hoping at whatever point Windows 11 came out, the same thing would happen, but it didn't. But you know that's not really a bad thing because remember, when Microsoft does release a big new upgrade, as often as not, you're getting a real stinker. I mean, you, know, <laughs> you never know. That's exactly right. You might get a good one, but you know, then there's also Vista, you know, or that's Windows right. 8. Yeah. And that's exactly right. And so um, when do, I, I think Windows 10 is a good solid operating system. I think Windows 11 up improves it. And if it makes it easier for people, one thing to think of is don't think of it. If you are thinking of big upgrades, don't think of it as 11. Think of it as 10.25 or maybe 10.5. But overall, I'm really quite um, quite pleased with it. And I would recommend that that when it's time to upgrade, it's going to be a free upgrade if your hardware supports it. I think it's a good thing to do. Preston, I just wanted to ask, you know, there was a lot of confusion when this rolled out this summer about hardware requirements. By the way, hello. Good to see you again. Yes. Hi, <laughs> um, you know, and, and so I'm wondering if, you know, for people who may be considering an upgrade or companies that may have some laptops that are a couple, two or three years old and they're ready for an upgrade, you know, uh, are they going to be needing to buy new hardware or if, you know, let's say somebody's got an old computer, they want to upgrade. Yeah, good will Windows 11 say, you know, you, this hardware won't work or is there going to be, you know, is it going to be a pretty clean uh, bit of information that, you know, you can upgrade versus this thing's too old and don't try. No clean information. Okay. Um, other than that, if you have a PC that's five years old or so, it probably won't or older, you can probably forget it. That, that's probably you could pretty much count on that. Not always, but it's a, a good general rule of thumb. Um, now, Microsoft has sort of implied that uh, if you have a PC about three years old, you should be able to do it. And I think that's generally the case. And I'll go over the hardware specs in a minute. But it's not always the case. I, in fact, the laptop I'm using right now on, for Zoom, I bought about a year ago. And it will not run Windows 11. Wow. So, yeah, and um, so just be aware that it's not quite as rosy as Microsoft implies. Do now, you know why your your current laptop will not upgrade? What's what's holding it back? Yeah, so there's something called a PC Health Check app that you can run for Microsoft that will tell you whether you should whether you can upgrade to Windows 11. If people can't find it, uh, the app it's free, downloadable. Just go to my review of Windows 11. I include a link in there. Mm-hmm. And so what it reported to me was that my processor. Um, wasn't compatible, which really surprised me because it's you know only a year old. Yeah. So it really surprised me. Um, 
what can I say? It's not going to run Windows 11, which isn't a bad thing for me because I upgraded another PC to Windows 11. Now I have 10 and 11, and so can continue to test both of them out. Um, what you'll need, though, is pretty basic hardware at this point, really, a gigahertz or better, two cores, 64-bit, um, but it has to be on Microsoft's list of supported processors. I don't really understand what separates some that meet those specs from others that don't, other than that it also has to have what's called a TPM, Trusted Platform Module 2.0, and it needs that for security. Microsoft has decided that for Windows 11, security is above all the most important thing. Not really a bad idea with the increase successful increase in attacks everywhere. And so with TPM 2.0, what it does is it offers hardware-based security. So it's hardware-based encryption of your hard disk, hardware-based encryption of passwords, those kinds of things. It's not a bad thing at all, but on the other hand, it is a gating factor. And that's why Run the Health app first, it's for free. It only takes a couple of minutes and um, you'll find out ahead of time whether or not you're eligible to upgrade. You know, we were talking earlier when, when Michael Simon was on sort of comparing Windows 11 and, and, and Mac OS. And it, one of the points that I'd made, and I, I may be echoing something you've said earlier, is that, you know, the move from Windows 10 to 11, because it is, it, it's, it really is a, a, an incremental, <clears throat> excuse me, upgrade more than a radical redoing. And I wondered if that was because of the security things that you're talking about, that basically this is Microsoft's sort of subtle way of convincing people that this is all new and therefore worthy of an upgrade. And, you know, the security things that they've built in, you know, in and of themselves should encourage people to upgrade. But, you know, maybe that explains it. From you know, I, never thought of that. I, I never thought about it, about the numbering, because, you know, if you do say Windows 10.25, Windows 10.5, people, uh, so what? Big uh, yeah. mm -hmm. Right, you say Windows 11, and even if somebody, so if somebody doesn't know anything about it, Windows 11, it's free, upgrade. Wow, that's great, I'll get it. You know, that sounds good to me. And, you know, you're slipping in what's really important, which is the, um, which is the security underneath. And it's especially for enterprises. I mean, it's less important. This the TPM 2.0 is really less important for individuals. It's really enterprises that are targeted by this stuff because let's face it, I don't know what your, your bank account is like, but mine isn't worth hacking into. And so- um, yeah. Well, they could hack in, they just wouldn't get anything. Yeah, that's know? right. That's what I mean though. It's yeah. not worth their time and their effort. So um, so that's, I really think that the security stuff is primarily for enterprises. And it's mm -hmm. nice, consumers get go along for the ride. I mean, that's sort of a great place to um, transition and talk a little bit about um, what and whether, um, I guess, it, obviously, no IT team is going to roll this out immediately, but I do want to talk a little bit about any specific um, other features that you can pull out that are enterprise-focused, but notably, Teams is not. Well, yeah, why don't we start with Teams? Sure. We're going to talk about it. Yeah. So, um, it's odd. Um, teams is right there on the taskbar. There's an icon. Mm -hmm. Click Teams. It pops up a list of all your contacts. Click your contact and, you know, a message gets sent, you know, Preston Growler wants to talk to you and you can chat or do video. It's clean. It's simple. It's easy. It's really, really very nice, but it's not for businesses. 
It doesn't include all the enterprise level things. It doesn't include channels, which is absolutely vital. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's not worth using. It doesn't include the ability to search through um, all your messages. I mean, it doesn't include all, all the things an enterprise would want. None of them except chatting is inside this version of Teams. Um, I'm trying to figure this out. And the only thing I can think of is that, you know, we live in a world where increasingly products don't come in through IT. Increasingly products come in through people who start using them at home for personal purposes. And then they say, you know what, I want this at work. And sometimes they'll use it at work. Mm -hmm. And then eventually it gets uh, into the enterprise itself through the back door. Um, you know, tablets, I mean, the list is long and getting longer all the time. So the only thing I can guess is I kind of wonder whether Microsoft is trying to get people hooked on it for personal use. And at that point, that way it, they'll be able to sneak it in and, and want to, um, you know, ask the IT people, why don't we have Teams? Because not a lot of people are really using Slack, which is the Teams competitor in Teams. There's not a lot of companies that are really using that yet. So I'm guessing that this is way of, uh, uh, Microsoft's way of slipping it into the vast number of businesses that right now aren't using any kind of collaboration tool. Who don't even, you ask them what Slack, they'll say what? You ask them what Teams is, they'll say, never heard of it. But, oh, you mean that thing that I use on Windows 11? I like that. You know, I wanted to talk to my best friend the other day. He's in San Francisco. And, you know, so that's my that's the only thing I could figure out because otherwise it logically makes absolutely no sense. It's a good theory. Yeah, it's a theory. Who knows if it's true? No, I think that makes a lot of sense, Preston, because you're absolutely right that a lot of technology gets into the business now from people using it at home. That's how the iPhone suddenly, you know, arrived and, you know, 15 years ago. And it makes sense that, I mean, Microsoft is clearly pushing Teams and wants it to be part of, you know, your software suite at work where you get stuff done. So if they have a version that you start using at home and then you go to work and ask your IT guy, hey, can I put Teams on my computer here? Can you do it so I can communicate with my coworkers elsewhere in the world or in different time zones? then, you know, that's a win for Microsoft. And then they get the subscription and it's a double win, you know? Mm -hmm. That's right. And I can imagine in the long term, even an upsell directly inside Windows 11, I can imagine at some point that they do have enterprise features just waiting to be unleashed, um, but you can't get to them unless you start paying for it. I can imagine that happening at some point too. Yeah. It, aside from that, there's really not much here for uh, IT security. And I and like I said, Teams isn't really for IT. Uh, one of the things for IT, though, we'll be really happy about is that it's only a once a year upgrade. Nice. Rather than the twice a Good year point, upgrade, yes. Which to all of us may not be a big deal, but to IT for them having to do it once a year rather than a twice a year is a really, really, really good thing. Um, and they, I guess maybe because Windows 10 and Windows 11 really are so similar, no new tools for deployment for IT, whatever tools you're using now to deploy, to maintain, all that kind of stuff, to patch, to upgrade, just keep using the same thing. That is, that actually must be a huge relief. That's a really good point um, because that, I mean, it's going to be a challenge and it's going to be an, it's a slightly painstaking process to upgrade people no matter who you are, no matter how many people you've got um, right. that you need to manage. So I guess um, as we're sort of wrapping up here, I'm, I guess I want to know 
I, a little bit about the rollout itself. So this is like you said, Ken, like a sort of um, a slow, a slow, um, long exit ramp and a long entry. Long exit ramp for Windows 10. Yeah. Long entrance ramp. You, you, for yeah, you had a much better. That, that, that's a much better way of phrasing it. Yeah. So, <laughs> I guess the remaining question is, who is eligible for the upgrade? When, if you have the correct hardware and you're a consumer, you know, you don't have IT looking over your shoulder to make sure that you don't upgrade or can't upgrade before you're supposed to. Can I upgrade today as a consumer? Uh, no. no, no, you can't. Uh, it's very odd and confusing. Mm -hmm. Microsoft says that uh, new eligible devices will be offered the upgrade first. Mm -hmm. What's a new eligible device? Something I bought six months ago, something I bought yesterday, right? something I bought two months ago, I don't know. And Microsoft's not saying. So they obviously have some plan, but they're not telling us what that plan is. And then the only other thing they'll say is that um, everybody should be eligible to upgrade by the middle of 2022. Um, and it'll be available via Windows uh, upgrade. That's the way people will be notified. But there's no clear there's a clear plan in Microsoft's mind, but not in my mind or not in people who follow this mind. I don't even know the numbers. I don't even know, are they, uh, is it 1% by tomorrow, 10% by tomorrow, sure. next month, what percent? I don't know, except Ken is right on target. Slow, slow, mm -hmm. slow uptake and slow outtake for Windows 10, which will probably be around, you know, a lot of times old versions of Windows live on for a really long time. I think Windows will live on longer than any because of the hardware issue. So I think Windows 10 is going to be with you with us an incredibly long time. That is certainly what we have gathered. So I feel like we've gotten um, over this this last, um, you know, let's say 30-ish minute period of really robust understanding of what Windows 11 looks like, what it is, who can use it. Um, so before I let you guys go, is there anything else that you're absolutely dying to talk about about Windows 11? It's okay if the answer is no. Because I'm sure I, in the I comments, people ask, will let us know. I've got a question for Preston. Preston, yeah. do we think it'll be a Windows 12 someday? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, one time we talked, Han, I said, I didn't think there was going to be Windows 11. So I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I guess there will be. And the reason I'm guessing there will be is because of something you said, which is the idea that Microsoft wants people to upgrade their hardware to be more secure. So even though this is does not really rate as a true point upgrade from 10 to 11, they're calling it that. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's sort of Microsoft's um, strategy for the future that when it wants, for whatever reason, when it wants people to get new hardware, whatever those capabilities might be, maybe it's voice input, you know, I don't know, brain implants. I don't know, whenever. whenever <laughs> I do not want a Microsoft no. brain implant, no. please, no, no. Yeah, exactly, but it could be that whenever they want people to do that, they're gonna call it a point upgrade and give it just enough, because there are nice new features in Windows 11, give mm -hmm. people just enough reason to upgrade to that new one. Fantastic. Well, Ken, Preston, thank you both so much for calling in and talking about Windows 11. Ken, thanks for hanging in there with us. Really appreciate it. And thank you all so much for watching this episode of Today in Tech. If you liked this video, please do give it a thumbs up and you can subscribe to our channel. You can also hit the bell icon so you're notified every single time we post a new video. If you have any outstanding comments or questions or just statements about Windows 11 that we didn't cover that you'd like to express, please do leave them in the comments below. Thanks again for watching and we'll see you next time.
podcast is produced by IDG Communications Incorporated.